Hi, this is Heather Bonham, and you're listening to the Learning Coach Podcast. Thanks for joining me today. This is episode 024. Our topic today is self-help books. I'm a fan of self-help books, so I'm going to say that right off the bat. And I know a lot of people have a bias against self-help. They call it pop psychology, or they call it well, stupid, or for people who are just constantly searching but never figuring out what they really need in life. And I get that, and I know that some self-help really isn't that important or that valuable, but over the last mm, 30 plus years, I've consumed a lot of self-help content because it really interests me, and it's a genre that I enjoy reading. I like it. So I have learned a lot and I've gained a lot from self-help. And I think I'm in a position to explain after all of these years why I still read self-help books and why I do like the new hot trends in self-help and why I'm able to glean something from almost every book that I read. So I know you're probably saying, look, I'm really busy and I don't have time for self-help. And I get that. But you all know by now that I consume a lot of content. I love content. I really do. So I love my podcasts. I love Audible, which is the audiobooks. I love old-fashioned books. I love getting used books from thrift books or Amazon from the used books there. Um, And I, I love my Kindles. I have more than one Kindle. Yes, I do. It's true. So I am probably not the average content consumer. I really do consume a lot of content. And a lot of that has been done over the past few years anyway. It's been done during my commute because I had a really long commute, three plus hours every day. Now my commute is about 30 minutes each way. So I have about an hour a day to consume content. And I do consume some content also when I'm uh, out on walks, but I kind of like to a lot of times not listen to anything when I'm out walking. And that's just audio content that I'm listening to in the car or when I'm out and about. Um, And if I went to the gym, I would be consuming content there too, but I really don't go to the gym that much anymore. I really prefer to be outdoors whenever possible. Now, on top of all that, I read also. So I know that people think they don't have time. And like I said, a lot of that time for me is audio content when I'm in the car. So if you don't have a long commute and if you don't work out and if you really don't have time, this episode may not pertain to you, but for most people, I think that it does because most of you are consuming a lot of content one way or another. It just might not be high quality content. So what I mean by that is how much TV are you watching per week? How much time are you spending on kind of mindless games or apps on your phone? Now, I don't want to get up on, you know, and offend anybody here, but how much time are you spending on Facebook? Now, I have never been a big Facebook user, but nowadays I'm on Facebook a lot more just because I am in certain groups that I like to uh, check in with on Facebook. And some of those are business groups and um things like that. And so I do like to be in in Facebook groups and participate. And so I am in Facebook more now than I ever was. However, I spend almost zero time on Facebook personally, meaning checking in with friends and relatives. Now, I know some of you are like, 
well, that's terrible. That's how I connect with my friends and relatives. Well, I don't. I really, I know that might sound weird, but I don't like to use Facebook that way. I don't, that's not how I like to check in with people in, in a format that way. I really don't enjoy it. I've never really liked it. So I understand that it's a huge time suck. And for many people, it, it can be. So if you're doing a lot of other distracting things, um, and you say you don't have time to consume quality content, I'm not sure if I agree with you on that. Because maybe you're just making different choices when you could be consuming really good content. So with that said, I'm not gonna scold you and it's not my place. Maybe you really are super busy and you just don't have time. But even if you are a student and you're going back to school, plus you're working, plus you have a family, I have been there. And I was still able to consume good quality content just by being choosy about how I spent those few minutes a day when, you know, when my time wasn't already spoken for or accounted for. And as I said, a lot of that just throughout the years, it has been when I'm in the car. So I'm actually recording this podcast right now. Now it's hands-free. The sound quality might be a little bit off. Um, and I apologize if it is, but I am driving and I'm hands-free. I've got my hands on the wheel. Uh, but I knew I had already written my show notes. I knew what I wanted to say this week. And so Again, I'm making use of that time, time that other people might think is just wasted time, but I am a busy working mom and I do have a side business. And on top of that, I have, you know, the podcast and just all these things going on. So I don't have a lot of time either, but it's really important to me to consume quality content. And for me, self-help ever since I was in junior high, to be honest, self-help has been an interest of mine. So yeah, even in junior high, I was looking into getting interested in psychology. I was getting interested in things that um, maybe, you know, maybe were kind of nerdy things, but they were topics that fascinated me. Um, I was, you know, even as a teenager, you know, reading relationship books, reading books about um, how, to, how to get ahead in life or I, I remember reading Dianetics when I was in high school and it did not resonate with me. It did not resonate with my faith beliefs. And even at a, as a teenager, now maybe not all teenagers are that way, I was pretty discerning um, and I knew when something didn't, didn't click with me, didn't resonate with me. I think it's important with self-help or with anything that you read or consume or anyone that you listen to, and certainly any news that you listen to, particularly these days, there's so much that you have to sift through and say, is this true? Is this real? Does this sit well with my belief system? And you have to know who you are and you have to know what you believe. And so certainly um, for all of us, it's important to be careful about what you consume and you have to be able to take the good, the golden nuggets and discard the rest. I believe it comes out of actually self-help, but uh, the addictions health, the addictions um, literature that says to take what you need and to leave the rest. And so, and, and that's self-help, right? AA is, is self-help. It's relying on others, but there's a lot of self-help in that. 
I remember reading some of that literature when I was in graduate school and thinking, you know, it's all really about personal responsibility, about being honest with yourself first, about acknowledging your higher power, acknowledging your spiritual beliefs, acknowledging things in your life, but then trying to improve yourself. So that's very self-help. But I definitely do not adopt everything that I read in terms of something that I'm going to, you know, make a change in my life. And I don't, um, I don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. So a perfect example of that is, um, the, the book by Gay Hendricks and, oh gosh, and I just lost the name to the book. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. Here I am trying not to edit my podcast because I'm just driving and doing it in one take. Um, but it's the big leap. Sorry, the big leap by Gay Hendricks. I just had a moment there. Um, that is a wonderful, wonderful, fantastic, excellent self-help book, the big leap by Gay Hendricks. And yet there are just a few things that he says in there that I don't particularly agree with. Um, you know, he talks about evolution in a way that doesn't mesh with my faith beliefs, but it doesn't mean that I discard the whole book. Now, I, as a teacher, of course, I'm exposed to different scientific theories. And, um, and I personally, I'm not going to get into all of it, but I personally still am a creationist. Although I also don't completely reject science. I, I don't want it to be one or the other. I think that the science that we have was created. How's that? So um, I'm not getting into anything else, you know, about that right now on the podcast. It's not the place for it. But I will just say that I don't necessarily, I might be able to read a book, you know, with someone and and I, I don't necessarily have to agree with every single thing that they say. But if 90% of a book is excellent, I'm going to take the pieces that I can. I'm going to use those pieces. So the the big leap leap is a perfect example of that. Now, talking about self-help books that have throughout the years um, helped me or affected me in some way, I right at the top of the list are people like Dan Miller, Rita Davenport, Joyce Meyer, Uh, You know, so many people, and these people are all still with us, but so many people have written excellent things, and those people are not even with us anymore. And if you read their books, or listen to their audiobooks, or even um, find old, uh, old books that have been put in the public domain, you can get so much from these people that are virtual mentors. And it's anywhere from free to really low cost compared to what it would take to meet with these people. Now, obviously, I do believe that there's a place for coaching and mentorship and even paid coaching and paid mentorship where you pay to learn directly from people, you know, one-on-one or in a small group and you're, you're face-to-face with these people. Absolutely. To me, that's worth paying money for. But those things can be really expensive to be in some kind of a mentorship group some people pay thousands of dollars a month for those types of groups. Um, and you know, uh, the price of a book, the price of an audiobook, the price of a used book. Wow. I can go on thriftbooks.com and I have no affiliation with them, but I, I've used them for years. 
I can go on thriftbooks.com and get an excellent book from a, a wonderful self-help author. Maybe it's, you know, Tony Robbins, um, Brian Tracy, these people, Zig Ziglar is one of my very favorites of all time. And he's no longer with us. He's passed away. You know, he is someone you can also go on YouTube and watch his speeches. A lot of his stuff is on YouTube, but I can go on thriftbooks.com and get a Zig Ziglar book. And sometimes you're paying barely more than the shipping. I've gotten so many books for under $4, honestly, $4. You cannot get a fast food meal for $4. Maybe if you order off the dollar menu, but that's really pushing it, guys. And what you're doing to, to go to those self-help authors and learn from them, it's really valuable. So cost is not an option. That's no excuse. I know time is an excuse for a lot of people, but I don't believe time is an excuse either. So if I'm taking away the excuse of cost and I'm taking away the excuse of time, then really what's left? Well, I think that people are resistant to self-help because they, they, I don't know, they feel squeamish about it. They feel uncomfortable about it. They think it's going to be stupid and hokey and, you know, for weaklings or whatever, but I don't see it that way because I always try to have a growth mindset. As teachers, we talk about this so much in the classroom. If you're going back to school, you certainly have a growth mindset. If you are trying to uh, upgrade yourself in your career, improve yourself in any way, you have a growth mindset. So a growth mindset means you're trying to grow. You're trying to be open to the idea that you might not have all the answers. And again, I I, I believe that, yes, my ultimate answers come from my faith. My ultimate answers are from the Bible, from my belief system. Absolutely, they come from God. And I'm not negating that. And and maybe that's where some people have resistance to self-help. Like, well, you know, I should just pray about it and let it be. But I don't look at it that way. I look at it as, say I were a world-class athlete, which I certainly am not. But let's suppose, let's say I was, I played tennis in high school. Let's say that some how I became a professional tennis player. You bet I would pray over my matches. I would pray over my, you know, physical health. Um, I would pray that I would do my best. Absolutely. But I would still hire the best coach out there. Of course I would. I would have the best trainer, the best nutritionist, the best, I I don't know, swing, swinging coach. Um, you know, I would, And I would hire those people because they're experts in what they do. They've studied it. They have experience. Now, again, you have to be careful. I wouldn't want someone who's a quack who's been doing this for two weeks and has a new theory and thinks, you know, that everybody should do it their way. I wouldn't hire a coach like that. And I'm not going to read a self-help book like that, like some random person with absolutely no experience, no credentials, and they have no idea what they're talking about. But there are so many people who are in this genre of self-help who have extremely valuable things to say. So I don't want anyone to be resistant to self-help, but yet I feel that people are. I, and I don't, I don't know where that really comes from exactly, but I would really challenge you to find an excellent self-help book and read it or listen to it. 
And that's your assignment this week, just one. And even if you only have 10 minutes extra a day um, or you're taking a 10 or 15 minute walk every evening and you have that time to listen, absolutely do it. I, I would say some of these people that I mentioned, I would start with a Zig Ziglar um, or a Rita Davenport or Dan Miller. Dan Miller is wonderful. I've met him in person, his wife, Joanne. I've been to a conference um, on their property, Coaching with Excellence. And I, I recommend him so often on the podcast because he's had such a huge impact on my life, on my career change when I went into teaching, um, on giving me the tools to help me know how to effectively look for a new job when it was time to change jobs and helping me begin a coaching business, begin the podcast. I mean, just so many of these things. So if you're looking to change careers or to upgrade yourself, as I say, in your current career, I would absolutely recommend something by Dan Miller. But all of these people, you know, they also could be considered not just self-help, but business help or faith-based help. So not just self-help, pop psychology, but there's so much more to it. If you are looking um, into relationship issues, I've heard a book recommended so many times and I I just uh, got it on Audible and I'm going to listen to the book by Dr. Henry Cloud called Boundaries. And it's supposed to be really good for family boundaries, but also uh, in business, also just in life, uh, giving you a mindset of how to have healthy boundaries and how to be able to be effective and, you know, be a good working member of a team, whether that team is is a family or otherwise. But I think it's primarily about interpersonal relationships and I'm, I'm looking forward to that. So these are kind of, this is kind of just a, I guess, an open podcast today where I share a lot of my thoughts, but I really encourage people to be involved with improving themselves. And so my challenge to you is to always try to improve yourself and self-help can really be a part of that. And if there's something that doesn't resonate with you you or you don't like, that's fine. Absolutely. Move on to the next one. Say, yep, you know what? I don't like that author or I don't care for that book. It doesn't, it's, it, it's just not for me. Move on. But I think most of the time, as I have found, there's always going to be something that you will take away that's valuable and that's worth it and that was worth your time. And you may find yourself recommending many of these authors and these titles to people in your life. And you'll say, you know, I know a book that I read that was just really helpful in the area of time management or in the area of relationships um, or in the area of health and nutrition. And, and you'll, you'll find yourself recommending these books to the people in your life because they were helpful to you. That's why they're called self-help. So with that, I hope you have a good week. Thanks so much for spending time with me. Please feel free to stop by the website, studyskillssurvivalguide.com. I keep saying I'm going to have a link to Audible um, that's an affiliate link where it won't cost you any more to sign up, but I will get a referral fee. But Audible also offers, and once I get that link, it'll be up on the website, Audible also offers For brand new subscribers, they can get a free audiobook of their choosing. 
and you can't beat free. So if you have never subscribed to Audible before, you can use my referral link once it's on the website and you'll be able to get a free audiobook. And, and so that's an amazing deal in itself. Um, also, please go to Apple on iTunes and give this podcast a rating and review, please. It really helps more people to see the podcast. Also, you can always email me at info at studyskillssurvivalguide.com. And you know what? Maybe my book, even though it's a study skills book, it's very practical, I might put that in the self-help category as well. So I never really thought about it until today, but I'm going to call myself a self-help author. (laughs) So with that, I will talk to you again soon. Take care.